You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. Well, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm excited. I, I love this day. It's an exciting day for me, even when my team's not playing in it. it gets, uh, it's a great day. And uh, just before we jump in, if you want to follow along, we're going to be Romans, the eighth chapter. So if you want to turn there in your Bible or your, your tablet or your phone or whatever, hold that in readiness. Something I do every year, it's kind of fun, uh, just to see who's here and who you're pulling for. So if, uh, if I mention you in this, will you uh, acknowledge by raising your hand or cheering a little bit? How many of you are rooting for the New England Patriots? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. All Pentecostals, apparently. And, uh, and how many of you are rooting for the Rams? Yeah. Mm, good, okay. Dial it back, okay. Maybe switch to decaf about 10 o'clock. That'd be good. How many of you do not care? Okay. <clears throat> Always the biggest crowd. But I added another, uh, another category this year. So when you walked in and found out it was Super Bowl Sunday, how many of you ask what game? Okay. Go ahead. In the first service, there was a lady in the front and she went, no clue it was Super Bowl Sunday. Well, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and they tell us that over 100 million people worldwide will be watching this, uh, this game today. And two teams, the New England Patriots and the uh, Los Angeles Rams, are playing on football's biggest stage, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is by far the biggest game in the NFL season, without a doubt. And as for players, coaches, and fans... It is the pinnacle. So when your team gets there, you get excited. And we have to listen to David Green talk about it all the time. But as a bandwagon Patriots fan, you know, he just is. Anyway, I just, I don't know. We may have a staff opening if they win tomorrow or today. So they may be open tomorrow. For players and coaches who participate in the Super Bowl, it's an awesome experience. But they say to win it is a dream come true. Some of these ha- athletes have been dreaming about it their entire lives. But it's not only the biggest game, arguably, in the year. It's also the second biggest eating day in our, in our year. Did you know that? Second only to Thanksgiving. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. I was trying to get an amen in the first service, and I, I just don't think they were really appreciating this. But this is what experts tell us, that we will consume 1.25 billion chicken wings. Billion. I'm going to try to do my part, okay? Just see if it. We will, we will consume 120 pounds of avocados. That's guacamole, for those of you that aren't familiar with that. 120 pounds, Caesar. That's a lot of guacamole, right? And then they say we will eat 4 million pizzas today alone. I thought that would be higher, right? 4 million, but that's still a lot of pizza. It's a big day for snacking, not just for football. It's a big day for snacks. But it's also a very big day for some of you. You're going to watch the Super Bowl, not because of the game, but because of what? The commercials, right. Madison Avenue advertisers will give us their best shot and they will spend premium, premium fees to get just a very little bit of time during the Super Bowl. In fact, last year they said, 2017, uh, yeah, 2017, two years ago, people spent, advertisers spent 
$5 million for a 30-second ad. $5 million, 30 seconds. However you look at it, today's a big day for a lot of people. Now, as a kid growing up in the 70s, the Super Bowl was a big deal. My dad and my brother and I, we would watch it. We'd watch the whole game. And then that night, we'd watch highlights on the evening news or the nightly news. The, you know, at central time, it was 10 o'clock. So we saw the highlights. And then after that, it was over. I mean, we moved on to baseball and the NBA playoffs and everything. But a lot's changed, hasn't it? A lot's changed. Today, we will watch Super Bowl 53. CBS Sports is, is telling us that they will have 115 different cameras. There are 10 times the number of pylon cameras be used today than were used in the first televised TV broadcast of an NFL game. They had two cameras in the first NFL broadcast. There will be 20 pylon cameras Pylon cameras. You know what that is? It's the, oh, that makes sense. No, I have no idea. What's a pylon? Okay. Okay. The pylon is that little orange thing that's at the end zone. You remember those? Have you seen them? Okay. Thanks for playing. It's good to have you all with us. Okay. Today, you can watch the game on Cable Dish, Roku, Hulu, Fire Stick, Sling, streaming online, and if you're old school, Rabbit Ears. You cannot miss this game if you want to see it. We will have so much coverage of the Super Bowl, it'll be difficult to take it all in. But one thing that everyone watching will remember will be that one play that changes the game. If you're truly watching, it'll be a spectacular catch. It'll be a powerful run. It'll be a, you know, a remarkable defensive play. And when it happens, you will know it. And you will see the momentum of the game change. There may be a couple of them during the game. These plays are often, they change the outcome of a game. Maybe even cause one team to win over the other. And the players who make these plays are called game changers. And game changers are oftentimes superstars, but they're not always superstars. In Super Bowl 49... A second and goal from the one-yard line, the Seattle Seahawks had the ball on the Patriots' one-yard line. With 26 seconds left in the game, the Seahawks were on the threshold of winning the Super Bowl. When Russell Wilson stepped back to pass, looking for his wide receiver, Ricardo Lockett, A guy by the name of Malcolm Butler happened to get in the way of that pass, makes an interception at the one-yard line, literally snatching victory from the jaws of defeat for the New England Patriots. And if you were to ask his teammates, Butler was a good player, but no one would classify him as a superstar. But in Super Bowl 49, he was the game changer. He won that game for his team. You know, there's an interesting parallel in sports between sports and life, and that is you will find game changers in both. In life, game changers are those people who show up and they make a life-changing difference. They aren't always the superstars in life either. In fact, most of the time, game changers are just regular folks. The truth is everyone in this room could be a game changer for someone's life. One thing that every game changer in life knows is this. 
live like it matters. No matter what happens, live every moment like it matters. Live like it matters. Even if you get behind, don't quit. Even if things aren't going well, keep fighting, keep playing, keep battling until all the time in your life has run out. Live like it matters. During the biggest game of the season, the Super Bowl today, there will be several happenings that parallel life that every game changer needs to know. And I want to talk about a handful of them this morning. The first one is this. Momentum changes throughout the game. Momentum will change throughout the game. As in the Super Bowl, there are going to be times during your life where things aren't going well. Great teams know this, and they stay after it. They keep playing. They keep fighting. Most of them, if they, they know that if they keep grinding away, there's a good chance that the momentum will swing their direction. So they never quit. This was never more evident than in Super Bowl 51. Midway through the third quarter, the Atlanta Falcons scored another touchdown and had a commanding 28-3 lead. I mean, they had this game under control. It was close to being what you would call a laugher, a boring, you know, a switch-the-channel kind of game. Nobody told the New England Patriots that. They just kept grinding along. They got a couple of breaks, as the Patriots always do. You know, yes, thank you. We could spend a little time testifying right now, couldn't we? (laughs) They get some breaks, but they made some incredible plays over the course of that game as well. And with a minute left in the fourth quarter, they scored their second two-point conversion to tie the game. And they would come all the way back and win the Super Bowl in overtime. The Patriots' 25-point comeback is the largest comeback in Super Bowl history. Paul says this in Romans 8, 31 and 35 about not quitting. He says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? The answer is none of those. Paul's point here is that God is with us, so keep going. Don't quit. Remember, for the Christian, it's never over. It's never over. Well, there's a second happening that's going to happen that every game changer needs to know, and it's this. Footballs bounce unpredictably. Footballs bounce unpredictably. When a football bounces on the ground, it's nearly impossible to know which way it's going. The shape of the ball makes it easier to throw, but it's nearly impossible to predict how it's going to bounce. Have you ever seen a big lineman, I'm talking about these behemoths that play on the offense and defensive line, trying to pick up a fumbled football? It's almost comical. The ball changes direction, it changes height. About the time that guy gets his weight going one direction, the ball goes another. He looks almost foolish. It makes a loose football amazingly difficult to pick up and run with, particularly for 
these big linemen who aren't used to running with the ball on a regular basis. In 2017, Louisiana Tech had a second and goal from the Mississippi State six-yard line when this happened. Check this out. Isn't that a while? After that fumble, it was third down and goal, and they were 93 yards from the goal line. 93. You don't have many third and 93s in your plays in your playbook. In football, the ball is difficult to pick up when it's bouncing around like that. Well, life is a lot like that. It's, it can be unpredictable at times. Not everything in life is going to go your way. There will be things that go actually against you and hard against you. Paul had a thorn in the flesh and he suffered because of this physical problem. But it didn't stop him. Peter, we read, on more than one occasion is beaten and imprisoned. He's in jail. This is a vocational hazard for God's disciple, his apostle. But it didn't stop him. These are terrible setbacks, and there are numerous ones listed in Scripture. They're terrible unless you recognize that God's in control, that he's at work there. Romans 8, 28 is a pretty well-known passage. It says, and we know that in all things, and if you're highlighting, you should highlight that those two words, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. When we are part of God's family, he's at work in, in our lives, through our lives, on our behalf. And some very difficult things may happen to us. But remember, God is at work in all things. Well, there's a third happening that every, every game changer needs to know. And that is this. Underdogs sometimes become top dogs. One thing that's uncertain is who is going to win the Super Bowl. I know some of you feel like you know who it's going to be, and the experts have been pontificating for the last two weeks. But nobody really knows except God. And that's why they play the game. Because sometimes underdogs become top dogs. Super Bowl three is the perfect example of this. The Baltimore Colts were heavily favored over the New York Jets. And three days before the Super Bowl, Jets quarterback Joe Namath brashly guaranteed that the Jets would win. A lot of prognosticators thought he was being extremely cocky. But on game day, his team backed up his words by winning 16-7. to And that seven points the Colts got was near the end of the game when it was well already been decided. Namath was named Super Bowl MVP, and the game is regarded as one of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history. Let me ask you a question. As a Christian, do you ever feel like an underdog? I know I do. I know I do. Listen to what Paul says in Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 37 through 39. He says, no, in all these things, you should underline that phrase, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul answers the question in those verses that he asked in verse 35. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Paul's point here is rather than these things separating us from Jesus' love, we overcome them all, he says. And the literal translation of verse 37 is that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In the midst of all the trouble, all the difficulty, in in spite of all the opposition, we emerge victorious. The Greek word for more than conquerors is an interesting word. It's a compound word in Greek. It's the combination of hyper nikeia. Hyper, you get the idea what that means. Nikeia is the usual word for conqueror or victor. Nikeia is, the where, is where we get our word Nike from. It means victory or victorious. Here Paul adds the word hyper to magnify the certainty and the decisiveness of our victory. One commentator's translation was that we are super conquerors. This mega victory occurs not because we have the inherent strength of conquering heroes. It happens because of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to overcome all of our spiritual enemies and to become of what Jesus, and because of what Jesus did on the cross, it inspires us with a faithfulness that will not be denied. So verse 39 says again, the last part, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of these things that Paul listed in verse 35 or 37, 38, and 39, none of these things or anything else in all creation, he says, has the power to separate us from the love of God. There's nothing that can separate us from him. God gives us this promise, and it should give us hope to never quit. A lot of people are looking for hope today. You can find it in a relationship with Jesus Christ. As long as I'm with God, I'm a winner, even if I start out as an underdog. Well, it brings us to the fourth happening. You're going to see this happen today, regardless of who wins the Super Bowl. I promise you. It takes a team to win. One person can change a game, but it takes an entire team to win a Super Bowl. John Feinstein wrote a book a few years ago called Next Man Up, which talks about how every player on an NFL roster is important to the team. In the NFL, there is only one certainty, and that is that every day, someone will have to be the next man up. Football is an unrelenting, punishing sport. It's played and it's practiced with undiminished intensity. It devours players. Confronting injuries, trades, and the grim reality that there is somebody who is competing for your job every season, almost at times every week, on every NFL team. It causes these teams to prepare constantly with the likelihood, uh, the certainty, that even their franchise players may go down at any time. And somebody new has to be ready to step in at the highest level. There are only 53 players on each NFL roster, and every player has to be ready to play at any given time. 
This was never more true than this past season for the Washington Redskins. On November the 18th, Alex Smith, their all-pro quarterback, broke his leg in a game and was lost for the season. And a couple weeks later, their backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, broke his leg and was lost for the season. Note to self, do not play quarterback in Washington. It was next man up. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans 12. He says this in verses 4 and 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. The body of Christ is counting on each of us to do our part. So never forget, you matter in the plans that God has. In the big scheme of things, every believer, every Christ follower matters. Well, that brings us to the fifth happening that you will see in the Super Bowl. And every game changer needs to know this. And that is this. The opportunity is there to be a game changer. Be a game changer. One person can change the momentum of a game that can change the entire outcome of that game. With one minute and 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 42, the New York Giants trailed the undefeated New England Patriots 14 to 10. Nobody gave the Giants a chance to win this game, and it was kind of a surprise that they were within striking distance. The Giants quarterback, Eli Manning, was facing a third down and five, well in their own territory, when what happened next changed the course of the game. Watch this. Down and five. (laughs) Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God, this ball is thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. And Eli, man, I don't know how he got out of there. I thought he was on the ground and, and then he came out of the pile and just slings it. That's a great catch by David Tyree. And now with 59 seconds left, the Giants needing a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Eli Manning and David Tyree were game changers that day, combining on what is now called the helmet catch. A lot of people say that this is the most spectacular play in the history of the NFL. Just a few plays later, with just 39 seconds left, Eli Manning threw a pass to Plaxico Burris for a touchdown, and nobody gave the Giants a chance but they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 42. Game changers find a way to win. You know, there's a game changer in the Old Testament who's pretty obscure. His name is Bene Haye. He's the kind of obscure individual that his name only appears a handful of times in the Bible. And one of those times is in 2 Samuel 23, verse 20. It says, Bene Haye, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. 
That last line's kind of obscure, isn't it? Who does that? They think about the storyline behind that. Lion encounters tend to end poorly for men, right? What do we do when we come face to face with a lion? Well, a man, if he sees a lion, he usually runs away. And if the lion is so inclined, he will chase the man. And if he's that industrious, he will have manwich for lunch that day. I'm sorry. I had to say that. Manwich, get it? Yeah. It's not, it, but that's not what happened that day. What happened that day is the lion saw Ben Ahai and he took off running and Ben Ahai chased him. Now experts tell us that lions can run up to, or uh, lions can run up to 35 miles an hour and they can leap 30 feet in a single bound. Ben Ahai has no chance of catching this lion, but it doesn't stop him from continuing to pursue the lion. And then the lion makes a critical mistake. He missteps near a pit. And his 500-pound frame causes him to slide into this steep and down the steep embankment into a snowy, snowy pit. Benehai checked his own steps, walking ever so carefully to the edge of the pit to look in. And sure enough, there's the lion. Have you ever had one of those moments where you did something crazy and then when you kind of get yourself, you look at it in retrospect and you think, what was I thinking? This is one of those moments, okay? And what Benehi does, he has some time to kind of get into his right mind. He collects his thoughts, regains his sanity, and gets a grip on the reality of the situation. And the reality is this. Normal people do not chase lions. So he starts to walk away from the edge of the pit. But he's not leaving. He's just getting some distance so he can get a running start. And he charges that pit and jumps in. And that day, and it doesn't happen very often, Benehai was the one who came out of the pit alive. It's not a wonder that King David would put Benehai in charge of his bodyguards. Sounds like a good decision to me. When you live for the kingdom of God, there will be challenges that could possibly stop the purposes that God has for you and for me. Don't be intimidated by the opposition. God will see his purpose is accomplished. In Matthew 19, verse 26, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Say that with me. With man this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. When we chase God's purposes, we will live this life like it truly matters for something greater than ourselves. We will live like it matters for the kingdom of God. I want to close with this story about Andrew Stirrett. He was a successful, unmarried, 37-year-old Canadian pharmacist who decided one day to sell his business back in 1902, and he donated the property to the Sudan Interior Mission. And then he offered himself to the mission as a missionary. His motive was very simple. He anticipated the return of Jesus in his lifetime, and he didn't want to be found doing anything but serving God when Jesus returned. 
So he joined a team of four missionaries. There were three other men with him. And they sailed for Africa. And within a year, as they were beginning to make their trek the 500 miles into the interior of Africa, one of the four had died. And the other two remaining partners of Andrew's got so sick they had to be sent home. Andrew Sturrett remained and served as a senior missionary as other mission recruits arrived. Physically, Andrew proved to be as tough as he was small. He wasn't a very big man. Spiritually, he was utterly committed to winning men and women to Christ. And during his missionary tenure, it's estimated that he preached around 20,000 sermons, preaching to one and a half million people over the course of his ministry. He prayed every day at 3.45 in the morning and set aside entire days for prayer and fasting for the Africans whom he loved dearly and didn't want to miss out on the kingdom of God. Andrew spent 41 years in Africa serving faithfully and he pleaded with others to do the same. In fact, he was quoted as saying this, the Lord is coming very soon and you will surely have to meet him Do you want him to find you in your easy chair? I thought it was kind of ironic. I read that. I was sitting in my desk chair in my office. Andrew Sturrett was a game changer. That's a challenge today. No matter how talented you might be, you might be a five-talent person, you might be a one-talent person. It doesn't matter. You can be a game changer So live this life like it matters, because it does. And when you do live like that, there are going to be people who will come to know Jesus, and you will be responsible for increasing the population of heaven. And let me tell you, that's even greater than winning a Super Bowl. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for setting the standard of what it means to be a game changer. Jesus coming and dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead. God, you gave us a great example. And I just pray that you will help us to live like that. Live this life like it matters. I know not everything is going to go our way. And there's probably going to be some things that we face that are going to be difficult. Remind us, God, not to quit. Remind us, God, that you're with us every step of the way. And you're going to work all these things for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. I know, God, at times we feel like there's little chance of us succeeding. We know these people, they're far from you, and yet we don't see that there is one iota of a chance that they'll come to Jesus. And yet, let us not forget that you're with us and that all things are possible if we just... We just stay in the game and keep grinding along and give us a chance, God, to, to make a play for the kingdom of God. I think it's easy, God, in a church this size to think that, oh, they don't need me. Help us never to forget that every, every single believer matters in your plan. God, help us, guide us, inspire us, Lord, to be game changers. Help us, God, to help people go from darkness to light. Help us to be part of helping them go from death to eternal life. And that happens with only with a relationship with Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're here today 
and you're, uh, you're not part of the family of God, you'll, you can't be a game changer in the sense of what we've been talking about today until you step over the line and give your heart to Christ. We'd love to talk to you about that. The first step of being a game changer is surrendering to Jesus. We'll change people's lives. Lord, thank you for your blessing. Guide us in this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.